welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome back to the High on Life podcast. I am starting a new series on the podcast called Your Questions Answered. And I just really want to answer any of your questions that you have. So if you want me to answer a burning question about weight loss, about thriving in your life, about creating your healthiest, most fulfilled life, you can either DM me on Instagram. That's the social platform where I hang out the most at Sasha High MD. Or you can send me an email, sasha at sashahighmd.com, and I will do my best to answer your questions here. So today's listener question is, why is it so hard to keep promises to yourself? And I thought that this is such a great question. It aligns very much with my podcast episode on integrity. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, you can go back and check out my recent podcast episode on integrity. Now, before I go into it, I do want to just share appreciation to Jolie Timms, who left me an amazing review on the, on Apple podcasts. And she says so much more than weight loss. And yes, I love hearing that. Thank you, Dr. High for providing an honest and safe space for listeners to learn about wellness. Your podcasts and tools nourish all parts of well-being, not just weight management. You are truly a gift to women who struggle with their weight. Thank you, Jolie. And I love you. Jolie is a client of ours and she, she's amazing. And so I get the privilege of walking with her and just seeing her transform her life and do such amazing things. So thank you. All right. Why is it so hard to keep promises to yourself? Now, I think that many of us can relate to this. Perhaps you are very good at keeping promises to your kids, to your boss, to your friends. If you say you're, you're going to show up somewhere, you show up there. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. Perhaps some of you can relate to being people pleasers where your whole life is trying to please everyone around you and your own self-care falls by the wayside. Am I relating to anyone here? Is anyone like, yep, that is totally me. I see this very often in our women. And I'm not going to go into how that happens. There's a whole lot of theory on how different people can respond to childhood trauma or different things that happen in your childhood and why we may respond by becoming people pleasers. But I just want to talk about how we can start to honor our commitments to ourselves. Because I want you to consider for a moment why this is such a problem, right? Why is it such a problem when we don't keep our promises to ourselves? I want you to think about this in light of like, imagine you had a romantic partner, right? Who was always lying to you, always committing to something and then not showing up or telling you that they're somewhere when they're really somewhere else. They're basically not, not telling you the truth over time that would destroy the relationship, right? Like there's no way you would stay in a relationship with someone who you cannot believe their word. And you would start to also if that was a pattern of behavior, right? If it wasn't just a one-time thing, it was a pattern of behavior, you would start to see that person's behavior as their character. 
right? And you would start to see that person as an untrustworthy person. You would lose confidence in them. And ultimately, likely that relationship would not survive. But that is what we do so often to ourselves when every single day we tell ourselves we're going to do certain things. I'm going to go for a walk after dinner today. I'm not going to binge tonight while watching Netflix. I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock and staying, instead of staying up till two on my phone. And then we don't follow through on these things. Or my big one is the snoozing, right? I'm going to wake up at six and then we snooze, snooze, snooze until 7.30. I talked about that on a previous episode, so I won't go into it. But we do these little things. They're seemingly small, but because often they become a pattern of behavior inside, we start to destroy that relationship that we have with ourselves. And ultimately, that lack of trust of following through destroys confidence it creates low self-esteem. It creates a situation where you're going to be less willing to take risks and try new things because you don't know if you're going to do what you say you're going to do. So why try? This comes up a lot with weight loss. And I will say that I think the caveat is for a lot of women with, when it comes to weight loss, it's that they've tried to follow very poor kind of commercial dieting advice where they set themselves up to fail with super restrictive dieting that was never going to be realistic long-term, but then they internalize that failure. And now it becomes, this is just another evidence of a promise that I can't keep to myself because I can never lose the weight. I can never follow the diet perfectly. And so it's this sense of self like learned helplessness that develops. And I don't think that's the fault of the women. I think that's the fault of the dieting. And which is why I teach our women in our community to do things very differently. But coming back to as we develop this almost like an identity that I can't trust myself, I don't have integrity, then from our identity, we start to act that out. And so we just continue in this pattern of behavior, right? And that's because, and that's why it becomes so difficult to break because when you've patterned that, you've conditioned yourself to see that this is how you behave, then you adopt that identity of, I'm just someone who doesn't follow through. I don't keep my promises to myself. I do everything for everyone else, but I never take care of me. I'm always last in line of my priorities. I hear a lot of women that I work with who take on this identity and then you live out your identity, right? And so it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like a chicken and egg situation. So how do we repair this? And that's what I really want to kind of focus on. The first step is really to be so honest with yourself. Like we cannot try to like pull the wool over our own eyes and transform our lives at the same time. Like if you want to transform your life, the first thing that has to happen is you have to take ownership and a hundred percent responsibility for yourself. I've been talking to the women inside our community a lot about this, this sense of like, you own this process. You own your own life and your own journey and your own transformation and how you want to like be powerful in your own life. You need to own that. It can't be on me. It can't be my team. We're going to come alongside as your coaches, but you have to be the hero in this process. Right. And part of owning it is being really honest, right. Of like, okay, this is what I've been doing. I've been saying, I'm going to do this and I'm not doing it. Now, the key difference though, is that a lot of people will kind of know that they're not following through, but they'll they'll look at it from this really judgy point of view and judging and shaming point of view. And that's never helpful. I talk about this a lot. You've heard me say this. It's never helpful to get into the self-shaming mode because the shame keeps you bound and it keeps you in inertia and it keeps you stuck. 
And what we're wanting to do is move forward, right? So what we do instead is we, we take on lots of self-compassion, but with full ownership, there's a really, there's a Jocko Willink, I believe, I think I'm quoting it right. He has a book, I think it's called Extreme Ownership. I have not read it yet, but it is on my list. And I just love the title, <laughs> Extreme Ownership. Like we all need to get to that point where we take extreme ownership in our lives. We're not depending on the government to save us. We're not depending on like our retirement fund and our pension and the healthcare system. And I'm not going to do anything for myself, but the healthcare system is going to fix me. Okay. I'm going to reel it back in. <laughs> okay. Come back to the point. Extreme ownership. So we look objectively and honestly with lots of self-compassion. What's going on right now? So I'm going to give you a really simple example I have been really struggling with getting enough sleep and I have my middle child wakes up at 5 15 every morning and is like rearing to go. Like it was used to be six. It used to be, then it was 5 45. It's literally 5 15 right now. It's so early. And my husband and I are not great about going to bed on time. So I was really trying to make some changes. So I set these really ambitious goals that I was going to go upstairs by 9.30, have lights out by 10 p.m., and I just continued to fail and fail and fail and fail. And the reason I failed is because my initial evaluation of the situation, I told myself I was going to bed at like 10.15, 10.30, and so the adjustment to trying to get to 10 p.m. wasn't a big deal. It wasn't true. I wasn't even being honest with myself until I sat down and thought about it. Like, I'm probably hitting 11 p.m. way more often than not. And so me going from 11 p.m. to 10 p.m. was just too big of a jump. And so I, cr- I set this unrealistic goal for myself and then kept failing at it and wondering why I kept failing. And that is one of the big challenges I see with people is that they set really unrealistic goals. And that often happens because you get to this point where you're feeling so ashamed that you haven't been doing the things. I haven't been working out. I'm such a failure. I haven't been taking care of myself. I'm eating junk every day. Like that's the kind of mentality. So I better do the complete opposite of that and make the total 180 switch overnight tomorrow. All the sugars at the house. I'm going to hit the gym for an hour. I'm going to do this high intensity workout. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to work out every day, right? Like that's the dieting mentality is now everything has to change and it has to be 180 and it's just too big of a jump. You set yourself up to fail. You can't do it. And then you feel like a failure. And then you just keep on repeating this pattern of thinking that you can't keep your promises to yourself. So once you've kind of been objective and like assessed the reality of the situation, then you want to start by deciding like what what promise are you wanting to keep? So this is kind of like looking at goals, right? So what is it that you want to do for yourself? Maybe you're you're wanting to increase the movement in your life. Maybe you're wanting to work towards a healthier eating plan, whatever that looks like, whatever promise it is. The thing you want to decide is like, why do you want to make this promise to yourself? What is important to you about this? Why are you making this promise? And why are you setting this goal? You need to make sure that this is a promise that you actually want, right? Because you have to have a compelling enough reason to stick to doing the things, even when in the, in the, in the moment, there's going to be lots of times where you're not going to get that instant gratification. It would be better to not follow through on what you say you're going to do, but you have to have a compelling reason that in the long run, this is the best thing for you. This is, this is what you're wanting to create. So number one is why are you setting this goal? The second thing is the honest assessment of like, why hasn't this worked in the past? And the goal here, as I said, is to assess and learn, not judge and shame. And then the third step is to cut your goal in half. Okay. So you've created this goal. Maybe your goal is like, I'm going to work out three days this week. I actually want you to just cut that goal in half. And and, and that would be like, I'm going to work out once this week and maybe go for a 10 minute walk the other time. Here's what the challenge is with this is 
when you break down your goal into these very small, very doable chunks, like you want to be a hundred percent certain you can accomplish your goal. You don't want to set out with a goal that you're like 50, 50, can I do this? Can I not? I'm not really sure. Let me just try. Because that's just going to continue this cycle of like not following through, feeling like you're a terrible person because you never follow through. Now I have the identity of a person who doesn't follow through and let me just keep doing that. So you cut the goal in half, maybe cut it in half again, if you were really unrealistic. And then you deal with all your mental drama about how your brain's going to tell you that that inconsequential goal is not going to accomplish anything, right? Your brain's going to be like, so for, for anyone who's like making goals that are going to lead to weight loss, your brain is probably going to tell you like, that's not going to, you're not going to lose weight just doing that. What just changing your breakfast. That's the only meal you're going to work on. That's not going to lead to weight loss. Like what about all your binging that's happening later in the day? That's what's going to happen. Okay. Or going for a 10 minute walk. You're not going to lose weight walking for 10 minutes. Your brain will say that that's not enough. You're not going to accomplish anything by it. And you have to learn to deal with that because our brains like to go to the extremes. We need to reel it back in and realize that that is the all or nothing mentality cropping up. That's the perfectionistic tendencies that many, many women have and that you are actually working on a different skill set. And the skill set is called consistency. And consistency requires you to drop perfection because consistency and perfection are very antagonistic. So when you're aiming for perfection, you likely will lose your consistency. And if you're someone who is struggling with that, I want you to think about this. Okay. So you cut your goal in half and you deal with all your mental drama and you just tell yourself like, this is me building consistency. This is me learning to honor my promises to myself. And I need to start by making it really, really easy. I'm going to give you an example, a recent example of an awesome client of mine. And she was sharing on one of our coaching calls that she used to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and she had this hour long workout. She like had, had a mix of resistant training. Then she'd get on her Peloton. Like she had this whole, then she'd stretch and she loved doing it. But she was at a point in her life where like, she just could not get herself to do it. And so she'd set these plans. She set these goals and then she'd snooze through her alarm. And then that would just like kibosh her day because then she'd think for the rest of the day, she like had messed up already. So she might as well just eat anything, not take care of herself, not go for a walk, not try to fit in the workout later because she had messed up on this very kind of perfectionistic habit that she used to have that she was currently struggling to get to. And so as I was coaching her, what we realized is like what she needed to work on was dropping all or nothing thinking, right? The perfectionism so that she could build back this sense of integrity with herself and this idea of like, I'm going to keep the promises I have to herself. And so the goal that we set together was literally just to wake up at 6:30 and not do anything, <laughs> no workout, <laughs> which sounds like the opposite of what someone would recommend for one of my clients who's trying to manage her weight, right? But the point was that she needed to work on dropping all or nothing. She needed to learn that she could set the bar low, accomplish the goal, and then she can build on that. And if she wants to work out, she can work out, but she's just starting to kind of break down that mentality of it has to be all or it's nothing, right? Because that doesn't work. It does not work long-term, that all or nothing mindset. So Cutting the goal in half, setting the bar low, under-promising to yourself, and then over-delivering is going to be way more successful than over-promising to yourself and under-delivering. The next step is to schedule the time and put it onto your calendar. If it doesn't go into your calendar, it does not happen, right? We all know this. It's such a basic principle, but we still don't do it a lot of the time. And here is the challenge with sometimes what will happen is people will put it into their calendar, but 
If you have a tendency to be a people pleaser and someone else comes in with their needs and their asks, it's so easy to be like, oh, like, yeah, I know I was going to work out at that time, but no problem. Like, yes, I'll do this project for you, boss. Or, oh, absolutely. You need me to run this errand for you. So when we tend to have some people pleasing tendencies, we don't see our own commitments as valuable because there's no one on the other side of that promise. And so other people's needs and wants can squeeze in there and boot our commitments to ourselves off the calendar. So I'm going to give you an example. This happened with my team recently. One of my amazing, amazing coaches, she is currently working on, she, on setting boundaries. And she's like, she's so amazing. She's always there for clients, willing to drop everything for clients. But the problem is, is that she really needs to work on this boundary setting. So she had an afternoon where she did not have client calls, but it was time that were blocked off. Like all of my team, they have a certain number of hours of client calls, but then they have a certain number of hours for personal growth or other projects, content creation. And so she had her afternoon blocked off for content creation or personal development, whatever that was. And a client emailed and was like, I have to talk to someone. This is urgent. I need to speak to someone today. Like, can you squeeze me in today? And her tendency was to want to say yes, but we had a conversation about it and we realized like, yeah, she didn't have clients booked. So could she have gone on a call? Sure. But her saying yes to just responding to this client's needs immediately was saying no to herself and her to her commitment to herself. And so she formulated an email saying like, I am actually fully booked today, which is true, right? She wasn't fully booked with clients, but she was fully booked with herself. And I'd love to get you in earlier. Like we'll move up your next appointment. Okay. I'm just giving you that example. But the key is that it did a couple things. One, it established boundaries for her. Number two, it helped her honor her commitment to herself. And three, we need to teach our clients boundaries as well, right? I can't tell you that you need to set healthy boundaries in your life and then not model that with myself and my team. And so anytime we are saying yes to someone else, something else, some sort of interruption in our plans because we're people-pleasing, we are saying no to something else. And often that something else is our own values, our own wellness, our own commitments to ourselves. I really want you to take a moment and consider where you've been saying yes to others at the expense of, and on the flip side, what you're doing is you're saying no to yourself. And consider whether that's worth it, right? Consider whether that's giving you a result in your life and an outcome that you're wanting. The next step is to put some accountability in place. So whether you are sharing this with a close friend or someone who can help you, or you're joining a community like mine, where we are holding one another accountable and celebrating each other's wins, having, sharing your goal of doing this with someone else is going to increase your, the likelihood, right? You're giving yourself some accountability. And then the last step is to shift your identity by celebrating the small wins. So remember, if you've had a previous pattern of behavior, Oftentimes your brain will now interpret that as a character trait, and then you adopt that as an identity. And we tend to live out our identity. So we now need to do the job, the harder work of shifting out of that identity as someone who doesn't follow through for themselves. And the only way to do that is by giving your brain a positive feedback loop so that it can start establishing some new thoughts and some new identities. And you do that by celebrating all of your small wins. So you have to make those neural connections. And the only way to do that is by giving your brain positive feedback. It has to get some reward, right? It has to get some dopamine. It has to get some reward. And so you want to celebrate where you are making progress. So every time you do something where you're like, okay, I'm following through, 
you need to give yourself a little bit of reward. Now that can be just mental reward. So telling yourself like, okay, you know what? This is me following through. This is me becoming a woman who honors herself by honoring her commitments to herself. And it can also be a tangible reward. And this does not need to be something complicated. Oftentimes, even giving ourselves a check mark on a, on a piece of paper, or like we have a checkbox and we check it off. Like I did this for myself. That actually gives our brain enough reward for that positive reinforcement. So you have to celebrate the little things because even if you have like 90, let's say 90% of the time, you're totally like in alignment and integrity with your values, your brain will focus on the 10% of the time that you did not follow through. And I see this, my clients hear this all the time, right? Like this happened, this comes up over and over and over. Our brain will just have that confirmation bias to look for the 10% where you're failing, right? And it'll just remind you of that. And then you'll feel like a failure and then you'll start behaving more like a failure. So it is your job to find the 90% and to see where you are making progress. You have to celebrate yourself. It's not your husband's job. It is not your kid's job. It's not your best friend's job. It is not the scales job to tell you that you're doing good things and caring for yourself. It is 100% your job. Extreme ownership. Okay. So I hope this is helpful. I was answering the question, why is it so hard to keep your promises to yourself? I gave you some steps. I want you to start small. I promise you that change is possible in your life, but you have to start with small steps and cushioned with tons of self-compassion, being really realistic about where you're at and what steps you need to take forward. And when you do this consistently over time, it's like the little steps, we call them 1% upgrades inside Best Weight, the 1% upgrades when you do that consistently over time leads to total life transformation. But the problem is, is most people are in a rush. Most people need it to happen immediately. We're used to instant gratification. I need to lose my weight tomorrow, right? I need to completely transform my life 180 degrees tomorrow. And then we set ourselves up to fail because we're human and it's just not possible. Be kind to yourself, set the bar low and over-deliver and you will change your life. I've loved being with you today. Have a wonderful rest of the day. I will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.